We now join the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd coming to you from Dunbar Township. Come and listen in to a radio station where the mighty hosts of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion coming from the land of endless spring, get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. And listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother Ronnie Boyd coming to you again today with the Apostle and Prophet Ministry and just thanking God that he has given us another week to bring you the gospel of Jesus Christ and letting you know that there is a better way. There's a brother in our church, Brother Darren Holler, sings a song once in a while. I found a better way. And I thank God that we have found a better way because this old world sure is getting worse and worse every day. The Bible said it would happen, and that's the way it's going. But Jesus has a plan of something far greater and far better. I think about the one brother who said, looking for the blessed hope in the Word of God. He said, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So that's what we're looking forward to, and we want to talk about the good news today. So stay tuned. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. All right, we're going to have a song here in just a little bit from Brother Don Johnson. He's going to be singing a song, I Can't Complain. And I think about the things that we go through in this life, and everybody goes through at some time or another some hardships, disappointments, uh, different troubles, and and the loss of a loved one is so difficult. And you just think of all the different things, if it would have been this way or that way. And But on the other hand, I want to read something to you from... First Thessalonians, the third chapter, and I thought about this, how that when we're going through these trials and tribulations and problems, we can thank God for one thing, that he knows all about it, he's on our side, and we do have a great hope. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. And the apostle writes, and he says this in the third chapter of First Thessalonians, Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear... We thought it good to be left at Athens alone, and sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you, to comfort you concerning your faith, that no man should be moved by these afflictions, for yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it came to pass, and you know. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you, and our labor be in vain. So he is telling us here that we are going to uh, face a lot of things in this life, but Jesus said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, lo, I am with you even unto the end, and this is our hope. Our hope is in him. And then he even went and explained this in the fourth chapter of the same uh, book and about verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. 
one of the most sorrowful things is whenever you lose somebody that is not saved, that's very sorrowful. But whenever somebody that is saved and has obeyed the gospel and they're taken out, they've been, they have repented of their sins, they have accepted and acknowledged Jesus Christ as the only hope, Savior of the entire world, if they'll just come to him. And they repent, they go and obey him. And they're baptized in water in his name, taking his name up on their temple. And they are filled with his power and his presence, the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And they live a holy life. Not only do they do that much, but they are a tree that bears fruit. And whenever they do that, you know that everything is all right. And if they're taken out, they have a hope. And others don't have that same hope. That is so sad for those that leave this old world without obeying the gospel. So that's why every week we try to call your attention to the Word of God and hope that we can say something that will draw you close to Him and make you want to look into this that you might obey the gospel and be saved before it's eternally too late. So at this time, we're going to have that song from Brother Don Johnson, and he's going to be singing about that he has this hope. He said, I can't complain. Thank you, Lord. I can't complain. God is so good to me. He is so good to me. 
this world for me He's so good to me Don Johnson there singing, I can't complain, you know. I feel the same way when I think about the salvation. And I often have said, I don't know why that God had mercy and and called us and, and brought me in, brought me into this salvation. Uh, there's many that wandering out there in the world, I look at the world and the condition that they're in, and no future. I mean, if they live a hundred years and they still don't know God, I believe Solomon said something like that, you know, well, it's it's still in vain. And uh, they still have no future, but just a damnation to look forward to. And to think that God had mercy upon us and at some point drawed us by His Spirit. You can't come unless He His Spirit draws you. And <clears throat> revealed unto us uh, who He is and the mystery of the salvation, the mystery of godliness, all these things that the Word of God speaks about. What a wonderful God that we serve, and, and He's been so good to me, I can't complain. Oh, we've had our ups and downs, just like everybody else, and and uh, <clears throat> what we would uh, label, I guess, good times and bad, but uh, He's been so good to me, just bringing me out of this madness in this world and bringing me to the salvation. And I know that uh, it seemed like that you hear a lot of things now from the politicians and people like that, <clears throat> and they are seemingly trying to put down Christianity, that it's something bad, and the people can't be trusted, and they're violent people, because we speak out against sin. And be, when we speak out against sin, uh, those spirits don't like that. Uh, that uh, offends them. They don't want anybody speaking out against sin. The Bible said they love darkness rather than light because that their deeds are evil. Also, Isaiah spoke, and 8 and 20 of Isaiah said, the time is going to come when they would put a call good evil and evil good, put light for darkness and darkness for light. Uh, if we ever were living in a day like that, in this old world, that's where we're at today. And it also said, as that was in the days of Noah, that's the way it was going to be when Jesus returned. And one of the things that it spoke about there in the sixth chapter of Genesis, in the days of Noah, was that the earth was full of violence. Full of violence. I want you to think about that. And that's a pretty serious thing. Well, what do we have today? The earth, again, is full of violence. People think that, well, they're just everybody's going to be saved, and you hear that all the time, and, and uh, well, I don't worry about this and worry about that, but listen to the Word of God. We're going to look at the Word of God for just a little bit. And in 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, it reads like this, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. 
For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are the children of the light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that are drunken are drunken in the night. Let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath. Now, remember here he said, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For we who are saved and God has revealed himself to us, we can see the signs of the times that we should be able to anyway. All right, we'll go over to the 13th chapter of the book of Romans. And the apostle writes there. And he said in verse 11, And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting, drunkenness, not in chambering, and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh, uh, to fulfill the lust thereof. See, people think that uh, nothing matters. Do whatever you want. God understands. Grace is sufficient. You hear all those expressions. Is that true? No, it isn't. Listen what Peter said. And uh, we look over here at 1 Peter 3 and verse 18. For Christ also hath suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven, is at the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. It's something to think about. Eight souls were saved. I heard one estimate. They felt that the world before the flood, the population was very similar to what it is right today in the world. Think about that. A world full of people, eight souls were saved. And it said they were saved by water. And said uh, baptism, just like that, but like figure, we're into baptism doth also now save us. In other words, don't expect great multitudes uh, because the world is turned into darkness today. There's so much 
wickedness and ungodliness. It's, it's just frightening to see what's going on. And people are really not concerned. Also, in the book of Romans, the Bible speaks about there was no fear of God before their eyes. They don't fear God. They have no concern. They don't worry about those things today. And yet, Jesus is coming soon. The wrath of God is kindled against this world, against the ungodliness, and it's going to be revealed in its time. And I was just teaching in church the other night how that uh, they're looking for such great numbers. Why? Uh, they like to quote, God so loved the world, you know, uh, John three sixteen, and that is true. He did, and uh, he gave himself for it. All those things are true, and we're not denying that. But even though he went to such great lengths to save us, people still reject him and refuse to live right. And they don't want anybody speaking against their sin and their pleasures. And the Bible said the time would come whenever they would be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. And I noticed that you go by a football arena and uh, it's just loaded with people. You go by a church, a few cars, and uh, you go by to some other place of entertainment and there'll be so many automobiles there and people going in and out. You come by a church, just a few cars, just a few people. But Jesus said over in Matthew, we like to turn over there to the seventh chapter, and he made some mention about some things and uh, people don't want to really believe it, but this is what he said. He says this in verse... 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Just going to be a few that's going to find it. And today they would try to make us think that there's going to be such great vast multitudes being saved. I had pointed out the other night what Jude said in the book of Jude in verse 14. Jude spoke about a prophet that had prophesied a long time ago. That prophet, his name was Enoch. And the Bible said he was the seventh from Adam. And uh, he made a prophecy way back at that time about the coming of the Lord. And <clears throat> this is what he said in the book of Jude, verse 14. He said, Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these things, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. Now, first thought there, it sounds like an awful lot of people. Is it? Not whenever that today, if you're looking at the multitudes of people, it would be in the millions and millions. And here it's talking about just ten thousands of his saints and not millions. Makes you stop and think. And then in the book of Daniel, the seventh chapter, I thought that was interesting. I pointed this out the other night, how that Daniel speaking about that uh, period of time and the ancient of days. 
and uh, talking about God. Listen to what he said in verse 9 of the 7th chapter. I beheld until thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did set, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like a fiery flame, and wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand, singular now, thousands, plural, thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him, and judgment was set, and the books were open. And as I was pointing out there the other night, if you go to the 25th chapter, now, those numbers, they might seem, when you first look at them, like a lot of people, but think again now. We're talking in thousands, and not millions or billions or anything like that, just thousands, and think about the amount of people and uh, upon the face of the earth today, and that have lived upon the face of the earth uh, since the days of Noah up till now. And think about that. And we're only getting these small numbers when we talk about those that may be saved. In the 25th chapter of Matthew, we find that whenever that Jesus is describing that day, whenever that he's going to judge the nations and judge the people, uh, they'll come up before him, and he'll separate them. He's going to put some goats on the left, and he's going to put sheep on the right, and then he'll say to them at his right hand, you know, enter into the joys of the Lord. But to the goats, he's going to tell them to go into destruction. So even all these ones that Daniel speaks about standing before him, that's not necessarily all that's going to be saved out of that group. They're going to be there for judgment. But I'll tell you what, uh, it's going to be a sad day for some who think that they have done something great and find out at the day of judgment that they didn't do what they were supposed to do. We preach week after week here and try to tell people what you must do to be saved. We try to tell the church, separate from sin. Uh, tell the church, dress right, live right. Don't let anything come between you and God. Clean your homes out. Keep your homes a godly home. And uh, parents, it's your obligation to control your children and to uh, uh, bring them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Correct them if they need corrected. And yet, we find that today, not very many people have enough courage to correct their children. And the Bible speaks about a day like that in the book of Isaiah, that children would be our oppressors. And it would spoke about a day whenever that the women take over and said women rule over them. Children are their oppressors. And whenever we look at what's going on today, doesn't it make you realize that the end of time is right upon us? It's coming very soon. Jesus is going to come soon. All these signs of the times around us all the time. And they that are of the day, they understand it. And the Bible said you have no need that we write unto you uh, concerning these seasons. And he was talking about the coming of the Lord. I believe just like God set up the seasons in the natural, you know, we have our winter and then spring and then summer and then fall. Well, I believe that God's timetable also uh, for the um, for man 
and his creation was set up like that too. It had seasons, and and uh, at the appointed season, Jesus is coming back. The Bible said he had a time appointed when he's going to judge the world, and nothing's going to change that. He'll come at the appointed time, and uh, nobody's going to stop it. I don't care how wise man thinks that he is, he'll never stop what God has plan and uh, it'll come to pass at the appointed time just like Jesus came to this earth at the appointed time and came here and took on a body and gave that body at Calvary died for you and I that we might have right to eternal life he took our punishment and suffered it that we could have life through him and yet People reject that. Don't pay any attention. Laugh about it. Mock. Make fun. I heard one individual say uh, how uh, stupid Christian people are to think that the blood of some man that died 2,000 years ago could have any effect upon their life today. Well, they're going to find out someday. They're going to find out someday. And uh, there's a day coming. The Bible said over in Philippians, the second chapter, that... Uh, God has highly exalted him, that one that died 2,000 years ago and gave his blood. God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. The only thing is, if you wait until that day, I'd rather be like the Apostle Paul in 3.14 of Ephesians. Paul said this. He said, I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. I'd rather bow my knee now and find mercy and compassion in my God and get saved before it's eternally too late, obey the gospel, do what he says do, live the way he says live, because it's a good way to live. There's nothing wrong with it. The commandments of the Lord are not grievous, but, you know, the old lust of the flesh, sin, that man of sin, he don't want to give up. But I'll tell you what, living for God is a good way to live. And it's um, holiness. Bible said, holiness without, which no man shall see the Lord. And we can't be holy in ourselves, but he gives us his spirit. That's why it's called the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, because it is what it takes for us to be holy. And without that, we're not going to see God. So we tell you week after week what you must do to be saved. Why do we do that? Because we're concerned about you. Because God loves you. We love you. We want to see you saved. And yet, there's so much rejection and rebellion. I'm so glad that I'm not part of this old system out here in the world when I watch day after day what goes on. I look at the young people and how that today they got so much entertainment all around. And the Bible said there'd be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And that's certainly going on today. And uh, old people, too, it don't make much difference. You know, you got uh, your home entertainment systems, the TV with any type movie you want to get at any time, uh, games, everything is right there in your living room. Don't even have to go out the door. And uh, it's entertainment. And that's to keep your mind off of God and to keep you away from God. We need to turn away from that and actually begin to seek the Lord. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, the Lord, 
you know, in his righteousness, see, and uh, these things to be added unto you, uh, whatever you have need of. But sometimes we don't need all the toys that we have and all the things that uh, we need to spend a little more time at the house of God on our knees and in fasting and prayer that the Lord might begin to deal with us and take us to a realm in the spirit that man just can't know anything about until you come into the presence of the Lord. What a wonderful, wonderful experience that is. Well, see, our time is gone again. We'll see you next week, same time, same station. With